Bracken and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with his mind. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time, knowing that really all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Welcome to the Here We Go podcast. Uh, not defunct, just a little bit quiet lately. Um, so, nursing me back to full fitness tonight, Martin Clinus. Good evening, Martin. Good evening, Richard. I'm glad, glad you're better. I mean, um, we've all been a little bit all over the festive period, so I think we could probably say that this is officially the sickest Aberdeen Football Club podcast. <laughs> it's because we're the, also probably the oldest Aberdeen podcast. Us old men getting these uh, old men ill ailments and diseases. Um, what ailments have you suffered from, uh, Martin Ingram, over the past few weeks? Yeah, well, um, I was feeling quite hard done by until I spoke to you two guys. It's actually made me feel perversely a lot better. Um, uh, after a good three to four years, I finally succumbed, or at least officially succumbed, succumbed to COVID at the tail end of last year. So yeah, it's it's um. We're, 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 we're living up to the header of our uh, Twitter account. We are truly the low-performance podcast at the moment. <clears throat> anyway, we're back, full of vim and vigour for the new year. That's a complete lie, but we are back. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do, obviously it's been a while since we convened, and we're going to take a look back at the first half of the season as a whole, as a whole piece, break it down competition by competition, then some of the strands around the club as well. Uh, because if we tried to go back at each individual match over the past few months that we've missed, it would not only depress the fuck out of us, but we'd be here for quite some time. Um, so, let's kick off then with European football, which I suppose has been something of a high point uh, during the course of this campaign, in that when we got to the group stages of the Conference League, uh, Martin Clunas, we competed pretty well, um, but for me there's still a lingering frustration about how we uh, performed in the two legs of the playoff in the uh, Europa League against uh, Hecken. Yeah, it's a, I mean, the, the European run is just a case of what could have been. Um, you know, Hecken just, you know, we could have, you know, the, 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 I mean, opening, the, opening the wounds already, but you no, know, those misses at home um, really just just devastating. Um, where you know, I think well, we, we've said before when we played the away game there we played really well for a good 15-20 minute spell and we looked really really good um, got the 2-2 draw over there but at home it just it just didn't happen no, miss, no, miss, silly, missing silly chances just not taking opportunities not really doing enough um, not really doing enough in the final third um, which you know I suppose we'll we'll, no, we'll we'll cover that. We'll probably cover that a lot during tonight's podcast. Uh, but yeah, the, the playoff you know, it starts off disappointing, and you think what could have been there, um, and we find ourselves in you know the Conference League instead. 
know, but with some really, really exciting, exciting ties, um, exciting opportunities. You know, Frankfurt, Greece, and Helsinki. You know, really some interesting places to go to. Um, but it, it really kind of does come down to what could have been. Um, you know, particularly the Helsinki games. Um, you know, you, know, you take a chance here or there. You know, particularly you know, obviously the home game. We were out by the time the away game happened, but you know. Home, home, the home games really is what killed us, I think. Um, yeah, but it's also a kind of microcosm of what we've seen all season, isn't it? Against the oh. poorest team in that group, we didn't get the results that we hoped to get, but we performed pretty well in the other four games. Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, you, the, the the Helsinki game at home is the game, and we've you know, we've said it. We said it when we were, we we're building the game up. We said it when, we, when the, the tie came out. That's the game, the home game. You're looking, you've got to win that game. Um, you know, because of when it was, particularly when it was scheduled as well. You know, but we don't win it. You know, we draw, we draw one one, and then you think, well, we're going to struggle here. You know, we might have to do something different. And then, of course, we got we got PAOK um, Pokes at home, sorry, um, and no, just we just we throw that we throw that game away with just some just some a, mad, a second half madness, um, and that really that really just kills us. Um, and I think that's just you know, it comes down to disappointment about you know about about slackness, um, about maybe just not I don't, I don't not unprofessionalism I don't I'm not really sure what the word is, uh, but just not not being you know having a bit of football football brain a football brain where we should be doing better and you know, that again but you like to say the home game against Helsinki not winning that was a killer you're always chasing it after that but then you know the the pout game. Losing that one at home as well, it's just you know it's just a heart. It's just, it was heartbreaking, and of course you find yourself out, and then we go in. You know we go in obviously the the the, the dead rubber at home, um against Frankfurt. Of course we win that game, um which you know n- n- nice performance, you no know, nice good night and all that, but you know ultimately ultimately it meant nothing. Yeah, it did uh, Martin Ingram and. It was the only one of our eight European ties this season that we kept a clean sheet in. And fundamentally, that's been the problem, not just on the European games, but really across the campaign. We'll no doubt come to the conversation about the quality and the the style of football on offer uh, across the piece. But the bottom line is that successful teams don't leak as many goals as we've been leaking. I mean, that's certainly been an issue. Uh, It... uh... I think it's not just the only game that we managed to keep a clean sheet, but coincidentally, it was the only match that I think we managed to win in the end out of our in, in, entire six matches in Europe. But I don't know. I'm I'll, I'm going to take a, a glass half full outlook in relation to the whole European experience. I, I I I do agree that when you reflect back, the 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 playoff tie against Hecken was a real missed opportunity because although I think I think it's one of those sliding doors moments where the the guy Sadiq who ended up playing for them in both legs he 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 departs for uh, Altmar not long after that round and you uh, if, if 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 anybody kind of monitored their progress in the Europa League afterwards I think they ended up having a really really tough time of it so I think that was maybe uh, a beatable team that just happened to have a really good player in their side that made the difference between the two teams, um, and and you know maybe in a if we'd been a little bit more fortunate or 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 again maybe if we'd been a bit more um, 
street smart or savvy in relation to how we approach that match because I think because I think we did learn some of our lessons a bit further along. I think the, the performances, the standard performances in the Conference League group stages, I think on the whole showed a lot more maturity and and and, and a bit of awareness. So maybe that maybe that two-legged playoff just came a little bit too early for that particular group of players. But at least this time round, because we'd secured group stage football coming out coming out of the traps a bit too slowly in previous seasons meant that we didn't get you know we we didn't get out of the playoff legs and we didn't have any group football at all so so at least we did actually have that this time around and and in fairness I don't think the the level of performance were probably much different to what you would have seen the last time we would have been involved in group stage football it was actually a very similar situation where um you know we 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 have the difference of maybe being successful being able to sneak a result against the Nipro in the way that we weren't able to with, ha- with, with hacking. But in relation to the group stage, it was actually probably quite similar because we only ever won the one game and that one being the Copenhagen match. But it just happened to be with the the, the, vague, the vagaries of um, the, 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 the groups then and three teams getting out of the group stages meant that um, that was enough to be able to get um, football past Christmas. And, and then this time round, it wasn't. Um, I think I was actually pretty realistic about our chances when we... When, when, when we ended up getting drawn in that group, we saw the results of Paukudan against Hearts beforehand. They were obviously a really good team, potentially as good as maybe or maybe or maybe better as Frankfurt as 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 it, as it turned out within the group stages. So it was always going to be you have to maximise your points against Helsinki and then hope that other results go go our way. Um, Richard, you were talking about Helsinki being the poor the poorest side in the group. Figuratively and literally, I think there were very few teams at that stage of Europe that actually would have come in with a smaller playing budget than we had as well. So it really is a team that um, we we needed to have maximised our points against. So uh, as 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 you and Martin have already said, not being able to get that result at home was really the first indication that in all likelihood we, we weren't going to be able to put together the results that was going to need to go any further. And then that, I mean... You know the 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 Helsinki game is a game we should have won, but we didn't. But the 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 one I think we'll always go back and think what if about is Pauk at home. Um, I don't care how good opposition you're playing. If you're two 0 up after seventy minutes, um, you need you need to be able to see out results even against the you know some of the better teams in Europe, and we just simply weren't able to do that. That that was the point at which all hope was truly extinguished. And um, although it ended up being something of victory against uh, Frankfurt in the end. I, as I say, I was just kind of just barely on the recovery slope from having the Lurgy before the end of the year. And um, I I think a lot of people were in the same boats whether as to whether to go along to what was essentially a dead rubber. But I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I did because, you know, it, there, there, there might not be, it will never have the same stakes as a Copenhagen because at the end of the day, there weren't any genuine stakes to it. But to still be playing one of the most recognised names in Europe, um, you know, a World Cup winner in that lineup. I think you were talking about being a weakened team, but I think it was still half of a team that beat Bayern Munich earlier in, 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 in the week. So, you know, they were no mugs, and I'm sure they were trying to win regardless of what team they put out. Um, and, you know, that's that's ultimately why you want to be in Europe, is to get nights against when you're playing against teams like that and hopefully get results like that. So, so overall... 
I think I'd rather take the positives out of the whole experience than the negatives. And um, I think the onus, when we maybe pushing on to what we've been discussing for the rest of the podcast, the onus now is to make sure we get ourselves back into a situation where we can experience that again. So we're going to ask you to grade these uh, on the traditional um, D, C plus, C minus, all that kind of stuff. Um, so how would you how would you grade the European displays this season, Martin? I'll take it as me, Martin, first. Then I'll go. I'm gonna. At the end of the day, if we're gonna grade the actual time in Europe, because I mean, um, you know, given that group stage football had already been secured by the league performance, so I'd probably give it a higher grade overall if you included the league stuff. But in terms of the actual European campaign, we ultimately failed. So, but I think it would be like a, I don't know, like a C minus or a D plus. Because I mean, it was a, it was, it was a, yeah, it'd be like a C. It's a, it's a passing mark because we did, we did incredibly well in, 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 in that. But I mean, we ultimately didn't achieve what we were looking to do, which was to try and get out of the group stages. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I, I have to say, I would be, I would be scoring it a lot higher because, as you said, the expectations were surely really low at the outset. I don't know if any, any Aberdeen fan had realistic expectations of getting out of that group. I think we'd. We not only understood the scale of the challenge in facing Frankfurt, that Pauk were going to be a very competent football team, but we'd also seen what had happened to Hearts the season before, who had played those top two team top two seeds and got battered four times. So, and we weren't weren't going into that first group game in in good form at all. Um, ahead of the the game in in Frankfurt, we come off the back of successive two 0 defeats to the Edinburgh teams. Uh, and we didn't look like a, a team that was gelling whatsoever. So, you know, I think in context of expectations, whilst, you know, no one's shouting from the rooftops because it was ultimately just six points out of possible 18, one win out of eight games. I think there's a real disappointment in not getting past Hecken in the first place. I'd still be scoring overall about a, a, a B minus, a B, something like that. Uh, Martin Clinus, where are you sitting? I mean, I wouldn't argue over like a B, a B minus or a C plus. I think is is I wouldn't I wouldn't be arguing against that. I mean, it's you're exactly right, Richard. I think when the when the draw was made, you know, we could we could all be honest and say, you know, in the when whoever we were talking at the time, the WhatsApps were all going around and we're thinking, truthfully, we're thinking, well, that's us fucked in. If we're, if we're if we're if we're honest. No. Yeah, I mean, for, I think most people looked at the Helsinki tie and thought, not even just in terms of qualification, but just, okay, those are the games we want to target to yeah. win, because we're not going to have a hope in the others. Yeah, exactly. And and to go over, I know, they'll go over to Frankfurt, um, they'll go over to Frankfurt, and, you know, the, the, the feeling before the game was like, this could be but this could be bad, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a very good side, um, you know. I hate I hate using the term creditable, but you know to come away with a creditable two one defeat, which sounds like such a horrible thing to say, but it seems to be the best way to describe it. Um, you know, and we perform we performed you know at, at parts of the game we performed really well. Um, you know, to, to pull it to pull it back and you know to score again to score again against them. Sorry, um, as well I think you know it's probably something that we we didn't expect didn't expect. Um, so I think that you know. We can we can be honest about it and say that yeah it's disappointing yeah we're annoyed uh, but 
yeah, we we we're probably expected to get at least at least one doing. I think from one of the games, and and that didn't really happen. You know, we we gave we gave a, a decent account of ourselves. Um, in in, I think in the group stage games anyway. I think the the home game against Hecken, I'm more disappointed at. That's the one that really, that's the one that really rankles. Where I think we just we, we weren't we weren't good enough, and we didn't we didn't show enough of what the team. I've showed in fits and starts this season that they are capable of. Okay, League Cup um, final appearance, Martin Ingram. Um, what else is there to say about the League Cup that um, doesn't descend into a blow-by-blow analysis of um, our feelings on the day at Hamden? Um, just incredibly disappointing and incredibly frustrating and and I think it's maybe just endemic of some of the frustrations that a lot of us have had with this Aberdeen team where we know the ability of the team and the players within it again a, a, a large bulk of that group is are, 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 are players played in the team that got that really successful run of results at the tail end of last season that got us into position to have the, the European exploits that we were talking about beforehand and 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 you know there's there's a lot of quality players in there and yet you know for as for as many really good and, and encouraging performances we've we've seen in, 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 in Europe quite often we were kind of um getting some really really disappointing performances in, in others and I think the League Cup it sounds weird because even though we ended up getting to the final I'm not entirely sure it was a hugely convincing League Cup campaign because um, even going back, I'm thinking the semi-final. I think if you went back and reflected upon that, and we, we often speak, it's 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 the nature of cup football. We 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 spoke in previous podcasts about our last uh, successful league cup final against Inverness Cali Thistle, absolutely abominable game. But you win it in penalties, and you never you never reflect upon how poor a game it was ever again because you got the outcome. Whereas, you know. It was. I think I was going back to the semi-final game against Hibs, and we were actually really poor in that game as well. And we were incredibly fortunate that at a time when we we were the second best team probably in that game, if we're being honest. And when Jack McKenzie got sent off, you you play that scenario out ten times out of ten, um, we're probably getting knocked out in seven or eight of them. But a moment of uh, inspiration, Barry Robson's. Uh, transition play coming to full effect and uh Miowski, who's been you know one of the if not the shining light within the team so far with a fantastic composed finish to to get us through but even at that point i'm thinking yeah we've done really well to get this far and it is all about all about, all about the results we've we got result we got us on the final but not a convincing performance and, and sadly it was the same again in the final um I think most of us will accept. I mean, I say accept. I mean, we're, no, no one's ever going to be happy losing in a cup final, but you can accept it when you see, you know, a team that's actually showed up and put a performance. And I think we all go back to that two-one Scotch Cup defeat to Celtic, where you played a really good team, but you, you've put in a great performance and you've just been you've just been unlucky on the day. But it was it was just incredibly timid. Um, and especially in a situation where we'd spoken before about you were talking about in the Frankfurt game where we had an opportunity to play essentially a bounce game against Frankfurt on a night when uh, Rangers had to go away to Seville and play a really good team in a competitive match they needed to get a result from. And we're playing a cup final 
you know, two and a half days after that, what why we weren't trying to, at the very least, ad, 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 adopt a high energy, uh, high impact performance. Ironically, something really similar to what we put together at Ibrox when we actually managed to beat them um, early, earlier in the league campaign. It, for me, one of the most frustrating things about that is that we, we not only knew there was a blueprint out there which could be effective uh, against Rangers in Glasgow, but we'd, we'd put it into practice and it had worked earlier in the season. And the fact that we never really seemed to show the same intensity and the same intent in a game which meant so much um, and and where the rewards were obviously so tangible was just yeah, it was that, it was it was it was a sad affair. That comes with a caveat that it was against a different uh, manager in the home dugout that day. Um, the how much of that day at Hamden are you putting down to the manager and how much to the execution of the strategy by the players? If you if you're asking me, I think. I would ultimately bring that back to the 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 system and and and, and the manager because um, again it's a it's an incredibly good and incredibly talented set of players I I, I think that we have and um, it obviously the the, the buck stops with Barry Robson and how he's putting his team forward and how he's preparing for that match and um i felt it was the kind of opportunity that we maybe missed out upon when in the scotch cup run of years and years ago when um rangers were getting towards the uefa cup final and whoever was going to get them in the scotch cup final knew they were going to get them potentially slightly jaded um I, I'm, I'm 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 not saying that um playing a game in seville and going back was in the same league of um season long fatigue in that regard but it but it was a good opportunity we always talk about how difficult it is for teams to be able to turn around from playing uh high intensity away games in europe um and then coming back domestically and and, and i think at the end of the day you've got to put that to the manager and saying look um we we need to go about this in a manner and with an attitude which tries to take take them take them on put put them under pressure and and again, play at a real high energy and high tempo to to see. I mean, it, it, it may it may not have worked, but it's just such it's such a rare opportunity when you get to play a a, 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 a Ranger of Celtic in a situation where you know they've had to exert themselves very recently and at least put that to the test. And I never really felt we 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 grasped that opportunity fully. And obviously, there has to be some blame on 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 the players as well. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think ultimately. I, I was disappointed with the approach in that regard. And again, it may it may well not have paid off. We could have I know I know every supporter wants to kind of give the kind of bugles call and then, you know, send everybody up in high press for a ninety minutes and then you end up getting duffed five or six nil. I mean that that can happen. But again, I think it was good prevailing reasons why that's an approach that we should have adopted in that game. And and you're absolutely right, they were under a different manager, the guy Clonts in and um, they're playing quite differently, but I don't feel it was a particularly better Rangers team that we encountered in the cup final. I think if anything, they were they were really poor. it was two really poor teams that were not performing at their best, and for me that makes it just all all the more frustrating that they were they were visibly a team that could have been got at, and we just didn't manage to put together the performance that could really ever lay a glove on them. And uh, the, the the only thing is again. I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily want to go back to these as, as, as excuses because, again, I don't feel we played well enough to win on the day. But are, are we going to briefly cover the penalty 
uh, shouts in, in relation to that. I mean, the, the the one at the end, I cannot imagine that if you if you'd had it in the other end of the box, especially with the situation at Pen, at, 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 at Pitodry, where we were the recipient of the the last and possibly last ever call of a pool of a jersey in a box that will ever happen in Scottish football, um, and then that not getting picked up when it's us. But if if they in the last minute of a game. Uh, that they were losing had their centre forward hacked to the ground by the goalkeeper in the six-yard box. There's not a hope that doesn't get looked at and doesn't get called back. Not a hope. Yeah, I I think it's right to point out that obviously the the one on the shirt pull on Gartman in the first half is not and never should be a penalty kick. But equally, we had that situation a few weeks before at Pataudry where they got a penalty kick for a situation that was not and never should be a penalty kick. Um, so, yeah, how how long do you put up with that, I guess, is the question. Uh, and it seems we've been putting up with it for an awful long time. Uh, so, again, Martin Clunes trying to focus on the campaign as a whole in the League Cup. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'd be honest, I totally agree with what Mark was saying there. I mean, we kind of, you know, the Ross County game, um, I mean, okay, Sterling Albion in the first game um, in the, the second round, you know, the quarterfinal, you know, we were, we were coasting, you know, we we're up 1 0 and coasting because they were down to 10 men. Um, and then, of course, we go, we go 2 0 up and then they get they get, a, they get a penalty, you know, silly, pen, silly penalty, um, and we we'll find ourselves under the cosh. Uh, the the semi the semi finals you know the same where we, we just we didn't turn up and it was you know it's 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 Bojan Mioski again who I'm sure we're going to gush about loads tonight um, you know and where would where would we be without that guy um, you know gets us through it. I mean look yeah as long as you as long as you wins that win the games I know fine that nobody cares um, and I get there and you know, we got we got to the final. Um, I don't really want to add anything to what Martin said about the final because I totally agree with everything he said. Um, but no, just you, know, you can only you can only beat what's in front of you. And you know, Hibs Hibs were, were by far the better team in the semi final, but we somehow you know we somehow managed to dig it out, um, having gone down to, to ten men as well. Um, but you know, but you know, winning the game, winning those winning those three ties is all well and good. Um, days are no. We'll, we'll go back to what we used to say about the about about the X X X manager. Um, no days out at Hamden are all well and good, but they don't qualify as any type of success. Well, no, of course they don't. But it is the level we need to be competing at. And the bottom line is, it's been five years since we reached the domestic cup final. I say domestic, like we've been reaching European finals religiously over the past couple <laughs> of years. But um, so to have actually made it to that stage. Yes, it was a fairly, I'm not, I don't think even think it was a fairly gentle run. I mean, there were much easier ties in a way to a Premier League side in the quarterfinal. And it was negotiated. Yes, it could have been done with a bit more style and elan, absolutely. And that's been a recurring theme this season. Semi-final, I think we have a real tendency as fans to say, oh, they were much, much, much. But Hibs were the better team on a tee and definitely looked like scoring you know, up to the point at which we scored. No question, no doubt. But they've only got themselves to blame for letting that situation slide. And I think it's you have to give some credit to the mentality of those players, not only for sticking in in a game in which they were largely second best, for keeping it at 0-0, in a game which had 
relatively few open chances, let's be clear, but also for having the bravery. And I think the bravery on the ball, because I think that's really key to what I'm going to talk about next. The bravery on the ball for that winning goal. It was similar to some of the other quick transition goals that we scored this season. They haven't been scored because we punted it up the park and hoped. They've been scored because someone in the midfield or someone at fullback has shown a bit of bravery on the ball, has maybe carried it forward a little bit, has maybe found a clever pass into someone, then someone's played another quick pass and released the striker and we're away and we go and then the striker has the composure in order to score. Now that bravery on the ball, that composure... I felt was completely lacking in the final at Hamden and I think for most of the semi-final it was lacking to be fair as well let's be clear it was just in that moment we find it we didn't have any moments in the final in which to show that the, the players weren't able to demonstrate that in the final so when I, when I have concerns about timidity in the final it's more about that it's more about the players timidity on the ball and the fact that they were kicking it away releasing it too quickly, not showing that bravery on the ball. And I think that the players need to have at least more of the blame than they've been getting on social media, for sure, for that performance. Do, do you not think that sweet, that that kind of rubs both ways as well, though, Richard? I, I, again, we're, we're, we, we, we're at pains not to over-elaborate, over-micro-analysing every second, third word that a manager states in this post-match press conference, but one of the things I really didn't like was, and I know a lot of people were saying, was that kind of attitude of we can't expect to go and play Rangers in Glasgow and and impress ourselves on the game. And, 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 and well, I, th- I think he was maybe more kind of saying, you know, we can't just go and dominate the whole match. And, and I, I kind of feel that that un- undoubtedly that's maybe not how it ends up playing out. But why, why aren't we going out with the attitude of, you know, if you don't if you don't go out and try to dominate every factor of the game all the time, then you definitely won't. And... You know, I, I I do feel that if there was a timidity amongst the players and the way they approached that, there might well have been an underlying factor in the back of their minds that there was a manager taking them into that game saying, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to impress ourselves on this game. They're the better team. Let's just see if we can take our chances. And and with that team, I don't think, I don't think they're, or at least yet, that good of a team that we should have just been ceding the rights to be considered the good team in that game and just and just kind of cow down to that. I, 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 do, I do wonder whether there was a, a mentality aspect about that right from the very outset that, that could have been better. So there's a lot to talk about there. I think the first point is that pretty much everything a manager says in either pre-match or post-match press conferences can be safely ignored. They're just for people will get annoyed about, basically. <laughs> Picking up every single nuance and word. We, I think we can understand that Barry is not particularly comfortable in front of a press conference. He gets flustered. Um, I don't think he finds the right words on occasion. But really, reading too much into that sort of stuff is a fool's errand, an absolute fool's errand. I absolutely take your point that you want a team that's set up there to believe that they can go and compete and again a few weeks earlier they had done that in Glasgow now they hadn't done that at Ibrox by going out and dominating every facet of that game they'd done that by being generally speaking by being smart by being clever carrying a little bit of luck as well it wasn't all one-way traffic in that game 
Um, although the goal we did lose was a horrific mistake by uh, Kellarus, if I remember correctly. But yeah. relative, it was a relatively comfortable afternoon of the sort of type, type which come few and far between at Ibrox. So there is more than one way to skin a cat when it comes to these games. But yes, in the wake of that defeat, I, I do get why people got annoyed at that. But I, I just we have to move beyond this. We have to move beyond this soap opera of over-analyzing what a guy who is not a natural um, public speaker is saying in these situations, in these scenarios. You know, we've gone from the last two managers who were pretty adept at press conferences, very comfortable in front of the press, but achieved absolutely nothing with this football club. And the reality is that right now, by Robson overall, certainly a league performance, is underperforming. But five months he had last season, he massively overperformed. I've been looking back and... You know, we called him a miracle worker after he made it seven wins in a row with this team. Well, with the team of last season. That same team which had gone out to Darville, had lost six at Hibs, five at Hearts. He turned that team around, seven wins in a row, four or five clean sheets in a row. He massively overachieved last season. This season, he is underachieving domestically in the league campaign, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But this this desire to pick apart every single word in press conferences, and it doesn't matter if it's by Robson, it doesn't matter who it is, it's it's for the birds, absolutely for the birds. I think I think particularly for the the, the post match comments from the after the final, um, you know, I think that comes from the, the fact that you know, because it was a final, because we'd performed so badly, um, and perhaps maybe some drink had been taken as well by some of the people on social media and that, that were commenting. Um, I don't think that helps. I mean, it, it, I, I could. I, I think he, I mean, I was think it a politically he, he, was it politically missed, a wise thing to say? No, 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 no of course it, it was. Wasn't. A silly thing to say, but but, but he, I mean, it was clear that he just he, he missed. I think he misspoke. What, he, what I, I'm not sure what he was trying to say, but what? But I, but I'm I'm fairly sure. You no, know, without without knowing, I know I've no I've not spent time in the company of Barry Robson. I don't have his phone number, so I couldn't ask him what he was meaning. But I'm fairly sure that how it came across is not what he not what he meant. But. Just say sources close to the manager. That kind of bullshit works for other people. Well, there is that, yeah. Sources close to the manager, all that kind of thing, you know. Um, but I'm I'm fairly sure that he that that's not what that's not what he meant. It just it, it came across it came across badly um, because you know he says we can we can't come down you no know, whatever it was can't come down and compete what well, we did you know we did we did a few weeks earlier so we can't. So I think he just I think he just misspoke. He's you no. Know, Dare I say he was probably hurting a bit and pissed off, and he used the wrong words. Um, we've we've all done that at times. Um, some of us have even done that on this podcast. Every week, well, not every week, as is as is quite clear by our recent release schedule. Um, but I mean, it's been a bone of contention, win or lose, Robson's press conferences um, in, amongst um, the social media set, and I just honestly. It doesn't matter. It's just something for the papers to fill their back pages with. It's not this insight into the manager's psyche that you seem to think it is. Anyway, with that um, rant over, can I get some? Can I get some marks for you? I, I again, from my perspective, it's not success just to reach a final, but you know that was. Again, when we talk about expectations, I wanted us to win. I thought we could win that final. And even in a poor performance, we could have arguably should have had a last-minute penalty kick to take it to extra time, which may have been even more misery down the line. Who knows? But that's what we're conditioned for. 
However, I, I, I don't think it was a total write-off. As I say, it's no success to just get to Hamden. You know, people tweeting about, oh, we're done, we're off to Hamden. Fuck off. Success is winning things. But this is still a level we need to be competing at and we haven't been competing at. So I still think it was an important run and I still think we did well to reach that final. Games we should be winning. Yes, you can argue that, absolutely. I would never say a game against Hibs who must be spending around about the same amount of margins are games which we necessarily should be winning. But as a game we did win, come to the final, disappointing, absolutely. I'd be going, I'd be going again about a BB minus for this. Martin Ingram. Yeah, I'm first of all going to come back and re- reappraise my European grades. I've just realised that given what I'm probably going to score us in the league, I've, 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 been, I've been giving myself a lot of leeway for when I want to score these. So I, I'll come back to that, yeah. for if, if I can tail the whole thing from how well we did in, in the league last season to get into the position where we, we secured group stage football, I'm, I'm probably going to score that a lot more positively, give that a, a solid B. And for the cup run, yeah, Um if 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 winning the competition is A, then I think getting all the way to the final, even with the performances, would be B. But I'd give it a B minus because it's it's such a big opportunity when you have qualified for Europe and the qualification route then suddenly becomes four games. So you need two games to get two two wins to get to Europe, and one of them you're going to be a seeded team against other opposition. So as you say, we have a a a, a uh, a team we sh- should expect to beat in the in in the last sixteen. Uh, a team uh, again, you're right, Richard. A, a, a fellow Premiership team away from home, so nothing been taken lightly. But a, a, a game we'd were would have been favoured to win, especially with our away record. Indeed, um, and then so you know, but we did again. If you if you were to ask what the 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 uh, football monitoring board's expectations would have been in relation to that. I think it will never change. Get get us to, get us to Hamden, um, get us into the mix. So again, two visits to Hamden. The 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 bluntly the revenue that we generated in relation to that will have will have and, and of course the the revenue we we never really touched upon that, but the the, the you know millions of pounds that, that that were earned as a consequence of getting as far as we did in Europe and and that win against Frankfurt was certainly not meaningless in financial terms. Um, but from the League Cup perspective, yeah, getting to a final, I think, has to be a B, but a, but a B minus because, again, I think overall, overall, the performances that the team produced along the way probably left a, 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 a little to be desired, left a bit of a bad taste in it. Other yeah, minds. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a B, um, I think, for me. No, you, no, like, like you say, two, pre- two premiership teams on the way to the final, you get there, um, you know, we are... We are a dodgy refereeing decision away from probably extra time as well in the final. Um, so we like can't be can't be an A because you didn't win it. Um, so um, yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a solid B. Okay, um, if that qualifies, despite the fact that it was 15 minutes talking about how miserable that cup final was, it qualifies yeah. as the positive points of uh, this podcast. The league campaign has been deeply underwhelming. There have been odd flashes of light. Um, the aforementioned 3-1 victory at Ibrox at the end of September, uh, chief among them. But, to my mind, Martin Clunas, out of 18 league games, there have been seven 
totally unacceptable performances out of those 18. And then there's been other defeats on top of that. But, you know, to have two games against St Mirren where we could have been thrashed both times, to have been so behind in games against Hibs and Hearts at the start of the season that set real alarm bells ringing with me. Two games against Kilmarnock where we we didn't look likely to score at all. And then we take we ship six at Parkhead uh, in what was an absolute capitulation towards the end of that match. It's been slim pickings. Uh, added to that fact, it's 22 points from 18 games. It's hard to get a distinctive read on the league table based on the fact that we've obviously got games in hand against many of the teams around us and games which, um, even with our patchy form, there should be an expectation of us winning, to be quite honest with you. But 22 points at this point after 18 games is three less than Jim Goodwin had at this point after 18 games. Two less than Stephen Glass had at this point after 18 games. And needless to say, it's well, well off the pace of any of the Derek McInnes seasons. Um, it just hasn't been anywhere remotely good enough, Martin Glynis has it. And it's, we've maybe had spells of putting a couple of decent results together and then wham, there'll be, a, be another, like the St. Mirren one came along over Christmas just when we thought we were actually getting, putting together a run of decent results. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, like, you know, no, I, I, opening day of the season, no, the draw the draw away at Livingston, the alarm bells weren't, no, they weren't going then. It was opening day of the season. I always I always think of the first day of the season as like the first day back at school where kind of nobody really nobody really grow, no, wants to get stuck into work and, you know, it can be a bit, you know, a bit dodgy here and there. Um, so that was the thing, you know, the second game, lose to Celtic. But then the three games that followed that really is where the alarm bell started ringing. I mean, okay, we got a, we got a, a, a very lucky, you know, what was it? It was like, you know, 99th minute penalty or something um, to, to scramble a draw um, away at St Mirren. Uh, then, yeah, the back-to-back defeats at uh, Hibs and Hearts really did set the kind of, was really was kind of, you know, it's, we're in, we're kind of in trouble here. Um, and you're right, we know we've, 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 and I wouldn't say turned it around, but we've looked to be maybe you know finding finding our feet a little bit. You know, obviously the the, the county win, the win four 0 against county. You know the win at Ibrox, which is obviously the high point because of how because of how we performed and you know, beating them. Um, but there's been, as you say, there's been some abject performances. Um, you know that, god damn that that Kilmarnock game. Please, Sky, stop putting our games on TV. Please, we just we we'll have to we we'll have to stop showing these games. It's no, it's a it's a fucking war crime putting these games on television. Um, that Colmarnet game was just was atrocious. Um, you know the Cel- the Celtic six nil. You know, I, I I can't I can't go over it again. Um, so I'm just going to move along from that one. Um, and we've just there's been so many some really just terrible performances that you know. The knives are the knives are out for 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 Barry Robson from a lot for a lot of the support because of these type of performances. You know, losing losing t- um, we've lost two 0 Hibs this season. Uh, who is a team we should be looking at? Um, we should be looking at com- competing with, um, and you know, obviously we want to be finishing ahead of them. But you know, we really we really need to be doing better against the t- type of teams like Hibs because Hibs will probably be at the the top end of the table. 
you know, come the come the end of the top end or the, nearer the top end of the table come the end of the season, losing to them is you know, just not acceptable. Um, then you know, the Kilmarnock again, just at home to Kilmarnock, an absolute stinker of performance. Another midweek one where we'll lose a ninety-second minute goal. You know, talking about talking about late goals where we just switch off. You know, like I say, we spoke about Pau earlier on where we just let a team back into the game. Kilmarnock, you know. We, it was a, we were terrible. We were terrible that night, and then but I don't think they really deserved it. But they took, they just took the points from us. Um, but then, what do we do? We go and we go and beat Hearts, and uh, we think everything's, we think everything's getting somewhere again because it was a good performance. I think against Hearts, uh, you know, always great getting one over on them. Uh, but you know, talk about ruining, talk about ruining your day at We Are Mates in between Christmas and New Year. Um, I, I, I assume both of you guys were at the game. Um, how far into that St Mirren 3-0 defeat did you make it? Well, we've already discussed this, that this is the one game that I've managed to make it to through um, periods of illness over the past couple of months. The, in fact, the only game um, that I've made it to since the 1-1 against uh, the Rangers at the end of November, I, I was not able to get to Helsinki, having booked it. I wasn't able to get to the League Cup final, I haven't booked it. I couldn't get to the Eintracht Frankfurt game at home, missed the Hearts game. The one game I got to was St Mirren at home, and that did wonders for my health and well-being, as you can imagine. And I stayed, because I'm a masochist, right to the end. Did you did you enjoy your boo? Did it get the, did it get all the phlegm and the cough and the illness out yourself? I just left quietly. Yeah, I um am of exactly the same ilk. I will stay through to the end of a game regardless of how badly it's going. Um I'd say for, for for me my issue has traditionally been the other way around back in the days when I was flogging TRFs outside the Merkland Road end. Um my my issue is actually getting in the games on time, so I've quite routinely missed goal mouth action in the first five ten minutes of a game. But um, um, yeah, I always stick it out to the very end. And yeah, it was a, it was a funny one because there was, although there was nothing in the performance that indicated that anything was going to happen that was going to see a positive result out of it. The one thing I do think we have to touch upon, and it's it's maybe an interesting discussion around where where do we feel in general the mentality of the squad is because we've made an awful lot of play of over the last few years of how it, it has been under the last three managers Barry Robson inclusive up to that point a team that you know the objectively the facts back it up we find we get ourselves a goal behind and we just for whatever reason cannot seem to manage to get get ourselves back into it but. We've just come off the back of bizarrely again. It's funny. It's maybe like you know you wait you wait three two three years for the bus and then two of them come at the same time. To then have had back to back results, the, the the Hearts and Livingston games having come from behind to win both of those games. I actually then had a bit of hope even when we were a little down that oh this we're maybe dealing with a different team here, but quite the opposite for that actual game. But I but I do wonder if that deserves a little bit of discussion around, especially with some of the grit we've shown in the European games coming back from two 0 down to Helsinki. Um, even though it was pretty much done just by that, you know, coming coming back from two 0 down in in, in Hecken, uh, there there's been a lot of situations where this particular team has shown, you know, they they've shown the ability, the mental fortitude to be able to get themselves around the the, the game at Hibs when when things aren't going their way. So it's a, it's a funny one. I just want to say, if you're waiting two or three years for a bus, you should probably stop waiting. They've probably moved the route <laughs> or withdrawn it or. 
it was maybe just a real replacement service. I, I just think you should probably, at some point before those two years are up, you should probably, you should probably yeah. give up. I, I, yeah. I've, I, it's not something I tend to do, uh, but I have done it on the odd occasion, and the most spectacular time I've done it in complete, total frustration with the performance was at Tanadice, um, on January the second, twenty twelve. <laughs> Um, yeah. and you know who stepped up with a 40-yard wonder goal in the, in the last minute to win that game, don't we? Um, and, so. and that is why you never leave a game until the last minute. I, I, I remember that so clear. I was, I was at that game as, as, as well, and I actually, that was actually a time in my life where, um, for again, please don't think any worse than me, but a, a time of my life where I actually lived in Dundee, and that period coincided with the worst run of results in living memory that we had, where we... I think we just routinely lost in Dundee for a good five or six year period. And then I think that the, the only two games that we managed to get a result one was again, again, it was the new year fixtures. So it was that game and the bounce after the Arneson goal, Richard, Oh, I wish I could, I wish I could have shared with you how exuberant and wonderful moment it was. Uh, um, and then, but then the other one was um, one where um, we ended up being um, away for new years and ended up missing the, the, the now, um, uh, lesser spotted Paul Marshall winning goal. Um, <laughs> I was going to refer to it as a Paul Marshall game as well. There we are. Um, <laughs> did, I think so. he, I think he, I think it wasn't his goal. I think he played the pass. It was his debut. And I think Charlie Mogrew scored the winner. I don't even have AFC heritage up. That is just me being <laughs> preposterously sad. It, it just shows you then what, what, what things stick in your mind in that case then. And yeah, Paul Marshall was my go-to for that one. But yeah, um, Anyway, yeah, this is all this is all good and well, but you want to talk about the absolute car crash that a league campaign has been, and, and you say car crash, Christ, it's not. We talk back to those days, and you know we'd be absolutely over the moon if we were eighth at this time of the season when we've been, you know, struggling about eleventh or twelfth. Well, well, I think the good thing about this team is that um, there's, you know, I mean, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't have. I, I remember at the end of this Simon game, and I was actually just sitting um, and. Uh, Basically, kind of like yourself, Richard. I kept, I kept quiet and didn't boo, and I, I, but, but I was seething inside. And um, I think you only feel that way about a team that you actually think has some merit to it in the first place. And I think that's a good sign because, again, going back to some of those games, there was. I remember again, we had done United and uh, seen a game when you know you're three 0 down, and uh, you you just kind of sit back and just. You know, oh well, it's pretty much what you expect, and 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 it's gone beyond anger at that point. It's just apathy because you know the teams are really poor. So, I'm actually quite heartened that we're not in a situation with this team. I think I think the reason that we're all so frustrated and so upset with some performances is that we actually think that there's a genuinely good set of players and good team in there, and and it just needs a bit of cajoling to get it out. And um, I don't know if we're too. You know, we're, we're 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 maybe now close to a good hour into the podcast. I don't know if we're allowed to come back to the more the most recent of our league games, the the the, the game in Dingwall against Ross County, and um, that for me just showed, you know, in, in a game that let's be honest, I mean, again, I mean, again, I know it's the nature of 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 social media now, and and that any manager, the moment you've had a bad result, you're going to come under pressure, um, but I think. He genuinely was under pressure going into that game, in that if if we'd have lost that match and we're then, you know, I think I think at that point I probably need to go and refresh myself on what the table was. But I think Ross County then go above us in the table and we're sitting, 
in the relegations, or at least you know we're goal difference away from being in the relegation playoff game. Um, with with a with a, a few weeks break in between then and our next game, I I do wonder whether that might have been the football monitoring board coming together and saying this is an opportunity to make a decision with regards to what we're wanting to do going forward. Even then, I think it would have been harsh. Um, the two the two previous managers that showed. And you're absolutely right, Richard. How 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 quickly we forget seven wins in a row and 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 the results which got us into a position where you could even be entitled to moan about a bad European run or or again bemoaning the fact that we didn't do well in the Scottish League Cup final. You've got to be there to be disappointed about it in the first place. Um, so to my mind, I would have been saying at the very least you've got to give them the length of time that that Goodwin and Glass got, which was get another window in, and uh, you know he'd at least. So show, shown a level of results at some point in his tenure that merited that, but there's no doubt he would have been under severe pressure if we went into a prolonged break in tenth or eleventh place. But um, and I'm going to be clear, I am not one of the people that says, "Oh, switch," you know. Well, well I am, but I, I don't think it's quite as simple as, "Oh, you know, it's a back three, and if we get to a back four, it'll be so much better." Um, there are heaps of teams that perform very, very satisfactorily in the back three, and and we were one of them. Again, we won seven games in a row with a system with three in the back, and and, and it can work. And and I get, I actually get why Barry Robson, to a certain extent, might be resistant in moving away from that because that's a system that he obviously believes in. Again, I regularly go and watch the the, the under eighteen setup, and there's clearly, I, I well, I think to my mind at least anyway, there's a clear kind of thought process, and there's a way you want the team to be playing through through the youth system, through the eighteens, and up into the squad. And you know, there's an argument for saying better to have an ethos and a philosophy than none at all. But I think you have to be. I think there's it's been you know there's 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 been a, a lot of, a lot of aspects with the team and the way they've played, especially throughout the league campaign. Which have become pretty self-evident, and that you're not dealing with the same group of players that, that you had beforehand. Um, you could you could get away with being potentially lighter in the midfield than you were at a time where maybe you had you were getting a bit more of the the legs and engines off of Graham Shinney. You had a player like Ramadani in in Tau who was able to do a lot of that that running work in the midfield as well, and and allowed you to be able to play in that way. But but it's it's clearly been missing since Ramadani has went. Again, asking Graham Shinney to put in that kind of same kind of powering performance in as he's you know he's 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 thirty two now, getting on a bit, and is that the best way of getting, you know, what you're working out of the player, and then the baffling decision to have not been to been keeping Connor Barron out of the team when, to my mind, he's been clearly the most effective. Uh, player in in the midfield, so so I think it was a lot less about whether you're playing three at the back or or, or four at the back, and more about by removing that additional player from defender and putting them in midfield. And that four five one at at Dingwall was so effective, and it comes back to exactly what you were talking about, Richard, when you were talking about the successes we had in places like the result at Ibrox is. It brought a level of control in the middle of the park, which was obvious from, from moment one when we kicked off. We had effectively, when you're talking about which of our five midfielders would be the best of the team, I'll tell you what, there's a very persuasive argument for saying all of them. Um, Barron in the team being able to provide that additional uh, running and, and willingness to get the ball, which means that you're not having that onus and shinny to do that. Um, and then again, allowing like you know some of your really talented players like McGran and Barron 
getting them further up the park where they can actually make a difference and, and when they're getting on the ball that it's in an area of the park where they can really make an impact and and Dante Povara I think has been I think most people have said he's been had a really really surprisingly successful return from his loan spell in in in, in the US um and yeah just that level of control that we had from moment one in that match we we really were the dominant team in that game from from start to finish and I know it's easy saying it in hindsight because we knew we we know we went on to win three nil, but there was a a general confidence in that you had all of our best on the ball players on the park at the same time, and were given a free reign to be on the ball to to control and dictate that game, and and the results flowed from that. That feels like a successful formula going forward, and it'll be I think that'll be the most fascinating thing going on for the for the second part of the league campaign to see whether whether he sticks with with that general principle of um you know get getting that stranglehold midfield that allows us to actually get on the ball control games and, and take it from there yeah i'm glad you brought some much needed nuance to that whole back three versus back four debate because it's clearly about much much more than that um, my concern with regards to this being a turning point is that you know that probably the two best away performances domestically up to this point at Ibrox and at Fir Park were both achieved with a four-five-one, but we we moved back. Now I, I kind of I understand. I think I think I understand why he wants to play the way he does. Generally speaking, at home and against teams who we should be expecting to win the game against. I think he wants the game, I think he wants the the ball forward as quick as possible to try and cause teams problems before they regroup and can sit in against us. Uh, and the problem being that I think that's been found out quite, it was very evident against St Mirren, for example, that they just kept very compact they kept their shape to the middle of the park. They basically gave us the flanks and said, okay, do what you want, do what you can through there. And we weren't able to really do anything, of course. And it was just very easy for a guy like Robinson to defend defend against that setup, that way of playing. To have that control, to have more surety of possession, to actually ask your creative players to try and create something rather than just rely on speed or strength or, you know, a striker's instinct to score goals, then, yeah, I, I think we've got the playmakers in the midfield that can do that. Um, it's The squad's obviously been set up, though, for a for a back three. So maybe that's what we'll come to next is, is questions about the squad. But before we go any further, let's try and put a mark against this league campaign. Um for me, I suppose, as much as I've pointed to the fact that we've had a succession of performances which are which are nowhere near good enough. Nowhere near good enough. When we've when we've been bad, we've been absolutely fucking terrible. But I still feel, despite everything, that the story of this campaign is yet to be fully written. I don't think we can say with any confidence where we're gonna finish up in May. Um, which to me is encouraging, partly based on I still retain a belief in the players, and Frank, I still retain a little bit of belief in the manager as well. Um, I, he he absolutely can't afford to be quite as stubborn as maybe we've seen, but 
I still think there's something there, there's something to work with, and there's still, and again, it's probably going to rely at this point in the season on a similar sort of collapse from Hearts, but if you want any team in world football to blow the absolute arse out of it, it's going to be Heart of Midlothian FC, so there's always still a chance. Um, however, overall, I think I'm going to have to score this round about a C-. Uh, Martin, Clinus, how do you feel? Um... I, I think a C a C minus would be fair. Um, you, you you're kind of looking at like D plus C minus for that. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think there's a lot more to come. I mean, like it, it would be. I think despite what Martin says, you know, there was a lot of bad feeling before the the Ross County game. There was talk about you know, look, if we lose this, he's out. Get him sacked. All this kind of stuff. It did and, kind of feel that you'd made up your mind on him. I, I'll be honest. I was really <laughs> struggling with it. I was really struggling with it. You know, that that. That summer in game, I'd really you know, the the performance in the final, um, obviously really really annoyed. I was really angry with that. Um, then the St. Mirren game, I, I just felt that there was a possibility that we weren't going to be able to come come back from come back from it. But you've got to be you've got to like you no know, take a minute, take a breath, and calm down. Um, and you know, in the you know, I think that. When we when we saw him, you know, he, he perhaps is able to kind of is to able to, you know, he changed it a little bit. You know, the frustration comes, and as Martin says, it's Connor Barron. We we need to play him more. If he's not going to sign a contract, okay, he's not going to sign a contract. If he's going to leave, which we're pretty sure he's going to leave, fine. But play him. He's one of the best. He's one of the best on the ball footballers we have at the club. So play him. Get the best out. Get the best out of him. Do what we can. Um, if if he and and I think. One of my frustrations with Robson comes the fact is that I don't he's I, we're not seen enough of Con, not seen enough of Connor Barron, um, and that's something that that will continue to frustrate me when Barron doesn't play. Um, if he's fit, if he's on the bench, he should be playing. Uh, as far as far as I'm concerned, really. Um, so yes, I think that it's it, like I say, I think it's a C a C minus or a, or a D plus. We're going, I would go for, uh, but I have got no. You, you assume that there's obviously there's there's irons in the fire whatever you want to call it for the transfer window you know you know we can talk about Ramadani not being replaced we can even talk about you know maybe even McCrory if we must you know not being replaced there's these guys who were you know solid hands who knew the club all that kind of thing. okay I know Ramadani was only here a year but as we've seen he's a very good player uh, more than more than capable enough for for Aberdeen anyway um, and so I, you, you would like to think that they've there's someone been identified to come in and fill that fill that role shinney clearly needs some sort of help i mean i mean i don't want to say his legs have gone because that's one of these lazy kind of football things but he seems to be he seems to have been struggling in games he's he's, he's had games off where he's not been played um to try to which obviously try and help him out um but we're looking at looking at the transfer window i think we need to be looking at getting somebody in in the mold of a Ramadani, how how you find that? No, I'm not a football agent. Um, so I think that uh, no, Robson, you, you give it, give him a he needs he needs to get at least I don't know a proper full transfer window where he's going to at least have some some serious input in it, um, and then we can you know we could you no know, we can lose the head in March or whatever. Yeah, to be fair, Shinny's games off amount to the European ties against Helsinki and yeah. Frankfurt, which were obviously heavily rotated teams. He has started every other game. Um, this, 
there's again a lot of ill-informed bullshit going off about Graham Shinney, who again has still proven his worth again point back to that Ibrox win but certainly uh, his form and indeed the form of a number of players in the squad um, is certainly up for debate and we'll come to that in a second uh, Martin Ingram just to, to close this one off uh, your mark for the league campaign to date yeah I, I land on a C- minus as well um, looking at where we are in the table I think we are you said already 22 points from 18 not nearly good enough um, but we have had extenuating circumstances with regards to a, a heavy European um, fixture uh, list that, that, that has slightly impacted it. It shouldn't have meant we should have been in as, as poor a situation as we are right now but looking at it we, we've, we've won three of our last four league games and if we manage to replicate the same with the, 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 the games in hand, that puts us around about the kind of 30, 31 point mark after 22 games, which was kind of the traditional Jimmy Calderwood top six trophy benchmark, um, which would plant, for my mind, that would plant us firmly in a C. So it's a C minus with an opportunity to move up to a C if we do all right with our games in hand. Um, and then after that, yeah, basically what we're looking to do is to, replicate the sudden resurgence and form January onwards that we had this time last season because um, it's it's in a similar situation to what it was last season I think with with the exception of Hearts being five or six points further ahead than 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 anyone else in the best of the rest chase it's another very very bunched league table and for as much as we are really critical about where Aberdeen are and and quite rightly so because I think we're dealing with a team with a, a significantly better group of players and a significantly better resource than than any of the other teams in the league so we should be doing better than the rest of that group um, but it is a very it's a very very bunched up group and I don't think it will take much of a resurgence of form to get us um, firmly back in contention for the European places if we just effectively um, mind our work and, and do what we're supposed to do and and, and as you say I, if you if you'd asked me this time last year if it was any if there was any realistic opportunity that we'd have chased back the, the gap that that hearts ended up you know taking on us I'd have said no chance and and yet we managed it so it's far less daunting than what it was maybe 11 months ago so all to play for Okay then, uh, let's talk about the the score as a whole, the signings that have been made. Um, ten first-team signings made over the summer, uh, two of which have not played a minute, one of which has already departed us, and one more of which is rumoured to be away in the coming days. It was a substantial upheaval, Martin Clunas. All that uh, chat about, oh, they're going to need time to to gel, time to come together. I still don't know if they've necessarily done that. I still have huge question marks over the over the defence. I think this has probably impacted on the uh, the output and performances of the goalkeeper as well, who's nowhere near as solid as he was for those three months towards the end of last season, where he was a, a significant contributor to that uh, to that winning run and uh, the increased number of clean sheets. It's um, it's been a difficult first few months of pitodry for some of these players there are there are few um unqualified successes from the group that came in in the summer and frankly few unqualified successes from those that have been around for longer yeah there has i mean there's no point talking about the likes of williams and williams and daddy really is there um you know, Nicky Devlin 
Nikki Devlin really was a smart piece of business. Um, I've said before that for a club like Aberdeen, you know, we should be that's that's you no know, when we back when we didn't really t tend to get people you know, go 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 using the foreign option when it was um, when McInnes was the manager and we used to just kind of like you know, scour the English lower leagues or we used to do this where we would get get the best players from the the other the other teams. You no, know, Nicky Devlin's that sort of thing where he was probably you know, probably what one of if not the best player Livingston had. You get him in the door, he comes to a bigger team. Uh, really smart, he's you know, and I thought he's been he's been very good for us. Um, I think he's probably him and him and uh, James McGrath. You would have to say are the two that have really, really caught the eye of the of the arrivals. Um, I think they've you know, they both they both been very good. Um, McGrath's con you know, particularly like some of their contributions in some of the European games. Um, you know, but I think Sockler. I really like it. I really like Esther Sockler. Uh, probably haven't seen enough of him to be able to really, um, to really give up. You know, a full kind of kind of breakdown. And we know we know he's a good player, but you know, um, particularly that wonderful finish um, for the second goal at home to interact Frankfurt, obviously. Um, so we can tell there's a there's a there's a decent player in there. We can maybe think about you know we can we can all wish, wish, wish our lives away hoping that you know Mayowski is going to stay here forever. But um, I worry that you know we might we might not be able to hold on to him either in the, this window or at the end of the season. Hopefully you no. Know, hopefully Sockler, we can get more out of him, um, more minutes out of him, and see see what he's capable of doing. Um, but you're absolutely right to say it's a big upheaval. I mean, some of the players that have gone out, while not necessarily. No, no, no! All starters, um, you know, you've seen a lot of, bo lot of lot of bodies going out. But it's your likes, so like you know, I think it's more like here squad players we've lost the guys like you know Watkins who, you know, were, were probably weren't weren't were, no was a lot of people weren't fans of. I wasn't a massive fan of him myself, but you see Watkins, you know, guys like who've probably just had their had their chance and it wasn't working. Watkins, Kennedy. McLennan, obviously Dean Campbell. I know some of these guys had been out on loan already, um, so a lot of players going out, which we we, we kind of knew was going to happen. Um, and the, you know the guys that have came in, still still you know the opinions on him I think are up in the air quite a lot. I mean Magari, don't, don't, don't really know what to think about Magari. Um, not sure. No, same with like someone like um, Papa Gay. No. Not seen, not seen enough of, if you no, know, enough of it to be able to really say, um, I ain't gonna, I'm, no, even as reactionary as I am, Richard, I'm not gonna judge him <laughs> on that 45 minutes in Helsinki. I had four layers more clothing on than he had that <laughs> night, and I was fucking freezing and didn't want to move. So I'm, I ain't judging that guy at all. What about those that we have seen a lot of? Uh, the, the guys who basically were the back, uh, back three, the center halves for most of the first half of the campaign. So Rubicic, um Jensen and Gartman. I mean Rubicic is you know, Rubicic is a he's a he's a, a, a wild one really. I mean there's clearly you no know, there's clearly something there. Um he, he just I think he just needs somebody he needs someone next to him who can sort of Dare I say a Russell Anderson or someone like that next to him who can just talk him through games, guide him a little bit, advise him 
when the, when the rush of blood to the head maybe isn't the best option, advise him that tackling, tackling a Hibs player with your head while the ball's on the ground probably isn't the best idea. Things like that. I mean, but, you know, he, he's, he's made some pretty, no, he's made some pretty poor mistakes, mistakes so far this season. But, um, I think that there's, I do, I really do think there's, there's something, there's, a, there's something in there, and there's a player in there. Um, I, I like, I, I like Jensen and I like Dartman as well. Um, I think yet Jensen, um, you know, is probably the probably the better of the two. Um, I think you no, know, and I'd, I'd like to see. I mean, I believe Jensen when he's played, um, when he's played for the, the games he has played for Finland, he's played more. Further out on the left, further out on the left hand side. So it'd be interesting to see what you could maybe do there. Um, I know we've been playing the three. You know, we don't want to go back to the three, the three or the four at the back. I think. So I think that Jensen's probably a bit more, is it flexible, than than um, Garterman. So I, I really do like Jensen. It's just a case of, you know, I should say when when the team when the team are struggling, when the team are having the poor performances, you know, even your even your better players struggle. I mean. You know, we t- you, well, we can talk about Leighton Clarkson as well. I mean, it's just you know, good play, good players t- are, have been struggling. Um, you mentioned Kel Roos, obviously Richard, um, nowhere near as solid as he was last season. Um, and so when the keeper, the keeper isn't inspiring confidence in in the back three, and the back three aren't inspiring confidence in the keeper, it's going to lead to problems. And I think that's one of the one of the many issues we've got with the with the team this season. Martin, Martin Ingram, the money ball approach has gone too far. Discuss. It's not gone too far if we end up getting multi-million pounds out of somebody like Boyan Miowski whenever that ultimate decision has to come that we, we, we move him on. Um, and I think it's... How many failures are acceptable for one success? It's hard to quantify that, but you can bear... You can bear an awful lot of failures if your successes are big successes like Miowski or Aduk have been. So I think there is scope to go. And, and and again, for me, I'd much rather take that approach of we're exactly what Martin was saying beforehand, you know, rather than uh, raking, raking through the recycling bin of um, lower Scottish Premiership or lower league talent or people that you happen to know because you managed them at a former club. I'm, I'm far more heartened and encouraged by the approach that we do cast that net an awful lot more widely in order to try and find um, potentially get a better level of player in and I think that's demonstrably, demonstrably been shown by the likes of a Miowski or a Duke or a Ramadani even though we ultimately ended up losing him out maybe earlier than what we'd have liked to um, and I think it just inherently goes hand in hand that if you're going to cast a net out far and wide then yes that will come with the occasional and perhaps maybe too too occasional um, uh, lack of successes on that front, but um, for me the successes the successes will far outweigh the lack of successes, given what that can mean in terms of the quality of player we can bring in and bluntly the financial uh, implications of that going 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 forward. Um, 
And, and again, I don't think we've been hamstringing ourselves too much with regards to some of those failures as well. I always remember it was a it was a good mark of McInnes's spell that he he had a lot more hits than than, than misses earlier on in his tenure, obviously. But we were we were at least often quite savvy that when we were getting a lot of players in at a time when 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 those didn't go go right then they were either short-term deals or they were on loan and it didn't necessarily hurt us too badly and so like something for Aris Williams I don't think that really ultimately hurts us too much in in, in the end of the day if, if that it hasn't been successful he's gone back from loan and and that's not going to have a kind of longer-term consequence on us I think I think where it becomes more disruptive is trying to land on a settled squad that you can rely upon for more than six months at a time and I think that's where it becomes challenging and the back three has been a really good example of that we we, we landed upon a really solid back three of uh, scales McDonald and, uh, and 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 Pollock at the tail end of last season um, two of those guys are on loan and we end up losing them and then the third um, uh, to to my puzzlement, although there's there's certainly a debate to be had in relation to that, but the third the third hasn't 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 been preferred in 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 the back three going forward. So effectively, you're 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 starting again. And um, I agree with Martin. I've actually been quite encouraged on 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 the whole with the defensive talent. I don't I don't mind us having had um, uh, misses with the likes of Dadia and Williams as long as we were being astute enough to realise that hadn't worked. And Jensen and Gartenman both came in pretty late in the day in in the summer transfer window, but I'm glad at least it was. I think it came. I don't think the plan would have been certainly in Gartenman's case. I don't think that was ultimately the long term planning, um, but I think it was at least a, 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 a realization and an identification that what what we had brought in so far wasn't going to cut it, and we needed to bring additional resource in. But um, I agree with Martin as well. I actually I actually feel. Um, of 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 those, I've probably been most encouraged with Richard Jensen. It was actually quite, I actually quite found it quite surprising because I agreed. I think he's maybe the more flexible player. He's also the guy that we have on a on a long term contract as opposed to Garterman, who's out on loan. And yet it was funnily enough Garterman that was preferred to Jensen, and not only that he was preferred, but he then moved out onto the left side of defence where Jensen would normally play in order to accommodate that. So that that was quite surprising. But but I'm conscious of we we, we need to be wary with. Um, where where this might lead us in six months' time, because as much as I think I, I've been quite impressed with Gartam and, and I'd be quite happy to stick with him, but again he's a loan player and there's a there's a possibility that we don't stick with him on on the long term basis. So if you potentially lose him at the end of the year and there's again then talk around the likes of a Mioski or a, or a Duke and whether they they would stay in the squad. I think there's always going to be that difficulty of trying to get to a place where you have that continuity with the players that you have in the squad while while retaining them at the same time. Connor Barron, of course, another good example on that in relation to whether he does ultimately end up signing a contract with us or not. But while we have those players available to us, we have to be making the most of the of the resources that we have. And and to me, it smacked it smacked a bit of the. Some of the some of the tenure under Goodwin, where if you fell out of favour with him or or or, or you know f- fell out of favour with the club, you know it was like well he was kind of done with them and 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 we never went back to a lot of those guys again. So at, le- at least I'm encouraged that that was Baron back in the team. But yeah, we should be making the most of the resources that we that we have with us and um, uh, continuing with the money ball approach. To my mind, cast our net again in January. See see what we can bring bring back and um uh, i think the the potential dividends it brings back to it out, outweighs the the maybe the, the 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 lack of certainty and stability that you would otherwise get by basically recruiting from uh, uh the 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 better known marketplaces domestically 
Has the level broadly been good enough? Uh, yes, we've had outright successes. Obviously, Miofsky is the poster boy. But uh, again, I, I look at I look at those defenders and think that these guys some weeks would would struggle to get a game in uh, the championship. I I think personally it's been good enough. I think I think there are good enough players in. And again, I you know I've been very critical in relation to some of the. Uh, the error stream performances from from Brubizic. but I I get that if you see if you see something in him, there's a section of the sport which will always love a guy who is literally a heed first player, um, but um, and and very much getting into them. But um, yeah, if you're going to take that kind of player with very very rough edges and and that needs to be, you know, he he he'll, he'll need some time to develop, then you've you know, to, there is an argument to say that Barry Robson is doing the right thing and just keep him in the team and keep playing in him, and with the faith that eventually he will develop into uh, a, a, a more consistent player and a player that would be better than what other teams have available to them. Um, I think for me, it's more about landing on that consistency uh, within the team in relation to who you're wanting to play on a regular basis. I think I think the the standard of a Garteman or a Jensen is is more than sufficient at our level as long as we're playing in in a in a, in a setup and a system which makes the, the 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 most of their abilities. And again, that's why I was saying the same with regards to. I think sometimes there, there's maybe even a mistake by thinking we've we've brought Shinny back and we brought Clarkson back and you can just play exactly the same way as you did beforehand. But it but it doesn't take into account maybe that um, what what you're expecting of. Graham Shinny might now need to be different from what you might have been able to expect from him the tail end of last season or in previous seasons and as you alluded to Richard it also means that you've got to bear in mind that the entire league has now had six months to look at this, the, the system and the way that you want to play and if you're completely rigid in relation to sticking to that system come hell or high water then you really need to then have a, re, rely on a, on, a, on, a, on a player performance and an, an ability which is better than the, the rest of the league in order to justify continuing with a system that other teams have now had a chance to have a look at and have effectively figured out. And I think you're exactly right. That was exactly the feeling I got from the St. Midden game was a team where they knew exactly how we were going to play. They knew exactly how they're going to set up and they were just going to sit in, make sure that we, we couldn't hit them on the break. We couldn't we couldn't play our transitions football. They weren't going to play through us and, and it just left us with a, with, with a, with a real question. But in, in terms of the personnel within the team, I, st- I would still think we have a level of a player available to us right now, which is better than the majority of the rest of the league. And it's just a case of, you know, properly implementing it. So on the sort of Windows business and the, the squad as it stands now, what mark are you giving that? And, and of course, on their performance. Like over the piece? Hmm. B, C plus or B minus. There, there's, there's definitely been, I think... And, and, and I think maybe oscillating between the two is apt of the type of performance we've had because this team has produced, um, it's as likely to go away and produce an A performance like the win at Ibrox or, or some of the European performance as it is to produce a, an F, something like, as you say, some of the home capitulations against Kilmarnock and Hibs have been horrific. The hoofball at Tynecastle, the, um, the complete showing up in a couple of games against St Mirren. So it's incredibly hard to give a team an overall grade when some of the performances have been A's and some of them have been F's so I think what I'd like is even if it was a B minus or a C plus if we were at least seeing that on a consistent basis I think that would be so much better longer term 
Martin, clean us. Um, I think I think I would say it would be a, a C. It would be one of those a C, but with room for improvement. <laughs> Um, yeah, mine's going to be probably a see me after class, uh, D plus. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do have real question marks over, over quite a lot of the summer business. Um, and again, I've made, I've talked about this repeatedly, but I, I think the blend, uh, call it what you will at the back, um, not being helped obviously by the solidity of the midfield in front of them at times, um, or indeed, Sometimes by being exposed by your fullbacks being up the pitch, but yeah, I I think that area in particular, we are, yeah, no better off than the days of Anthony Stewart. Um, so take that how you will. That's a big statement. <laughs> now to um, the slightly deci- uh, divisive point of the manager, um, Martin Ingram. Yeah, thoughts on Barry Robson. Um, I would like to think that I'm still on... I'm in the the glass half full camp with uh, the manager. Again, part of that is maybe still weighing maybe too heavily on what he's done for us in the past as opposed to what have you done for us lately. Um, I really think you have to bear in mind what a turnaround he managed to impact within the squad from where we were um uh you know tail end of january last year and so he's proven that he's a manager that can get a run of really successful results with a group of players that we weren't getting that from under previous management um but you do have to judge it on what have you done for me lately as well. I mean, um, I think a, a perfect example would be someone like a Callum Davidson, where obviously I couldn't imagine anyone having a more successful season with a club outside the old firm than what he managed with St. Johnston. But it became very apparent in ensuing season and a half that that, that, that wasn't that, that level of performances was not getting replicated. And there, there will come a time with any manager where if you, if you can't produce that level of consistent performance commensurate with the ability of players you have at your disposal, then then it's right that you have to look at that. But for me, the time the time is not now yet. And the, and and the one thing that I think we, because we're always judging things on you know where where we are right now in this moment. The the the, the one aspect that I think if we if we are afforded the opportunity, because again, say as I say, if we if we do end up tail spinning again over the next few weeks and find ourselves back in a in a, in a genuine relegation struggle. We, we, we may be forced into a situation where we reevaluate that. But um, what managers seem to get very little uh, opportunity for is learning on the job and learning from, you know, call it mistakes, but for, you know, from, from what you're encountering. So um, he's been very successful with a style of style of play and a, and a setup that I think most of us now agree is probably now being figured out by some of the savvier managers or, 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 or some of the teams that have actually seen how we want to play. And this is now the point where you really, I, I don't doubt his ability as a coach, but in terms of your managerial chops, um, I think you have to at least be given the opportunity to show, have you been able to learn from that? And are you able to be flexible and adapt to that in terms of how you want your team to play going forward? And again, with the, with the changing dynamic of the players, which are available to you. And again, 
it's not always as easy to have as don't play a three at the back, play a four five one instead, and or you know, and it'll all be rosy. But that 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 setup has been incredibly successful almost every time we've used that, and um, I think that may well be the way forward with the the group of players that we have right now. But um, as long as we are not in a situation where we're genuinely tail spinning again, I think. I would like to give him every opportunity to be successful, especially given, and, and I know we shouldn't be too um, beholden to um, the, the 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 person, you know, the guy who's an Aberdeen man who's who's been promoted from within. There's multiple situations where that has been unsuccessful in the past, where people put too much faith in the fact that the interim caretaker choice will be able to turn things around and, and going forward so if, if anything it's far more likely to not be the case but i don't think um we have a lot to lose in giving him at least a few more you know ideally to my mind until the end of this season having had another transfer window in um and to see what he's learned from the experiences because i think managers so rarely get an opportunity to be able to actually you know everybody makes mistakes but you know quite often managers are punished very, very swiftly and violently for that. I, th I think there is enough there to suggest that he could continue to be the long-term manager and I'd like us to give us enough, give him an, enough of an opportunity to, to prove that one way or another. Hey Mark then, based on this season? On this season, flat C. Martin Clunas? Yeah, I think, like, like Martin says, there, there's enough, there's enough there in this in the squad for us to be to be able to to be confident um it's just the perfor the performances obviously haven't been haven't been good enough um but as we've said before you know he goes on that run at the end of last season you know that run of wins yeah i, I think that i think the chairman chairman had no there's no question the chairman had to give him the job you know um now you can we can debate the whole the, the whole idea of no should a caretaker manager get the job or not you know does it work doesn't it work he's he got the job um and you know it's it's not been it's not been great so far this season there's been no there's been there's been moments but they have been very few and far between obviously um but you know the 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 turnover the turn with the turnover of players um not using European football as an excuse, obviously, but the turnover players, obviously, having the European football as well, um, I think it's been a very, very steep learning curve for him. Um, and you know, for the for the same reasons Martin said there, but you know, pr like promoting from within, I like I like do, I like doing that. I would what see that you know, rather than you know just scouring the scouring the you know, the, the the Scottish leagues for you know, the same old names that come up again. You don't want don't want to do that either. So I, I like that. Like the idea that we went for somebody who was who was within the club, who, in theory, knows what the club's about. You know, there's a you know, I know I know we joke about the football the football monitoring board and all this kind of stuff, but you know the the, uh, the idea that there is an actual proper you know, strategy of promoting from within about doing this sort of thing. I, I like that, and I, I want to see that, but we need to see it working, um, and I really really hope that. In the second half of this season, once we get back to business from Friday onwards, you know things start to turn round, and we do see do see things taking an upward upward trajectory. I think the can because, like I say, we've got some we've got some excellent footballers you know, in the team, and I would you know I would put our 
our our squad or certainly our our first choice eleven up against any of the teams in the league probably out with those two, um, and say we, say what we are as good as if not better than them. Problem is that we've just you know they haven't bedded in or if they have bedded in they've not bedded in all at the same time and we've had some patchy performances and at times we've relied on moments of magic rather than actually you know, taking taking control of games and dominating. Um, so I think that, I mean, I'm going to, I would be harsh and give, I think I'm being harsh, but I think I would rate it, rate it, rate it so far the manager, I rate it a D plus, but I think I'm being pretty harsh, harsh by doing that because I can see, I can see the positives and I can see good things coming. Um, but based on, as you mentioned, those, those games in early in the season where we were so bad, um, it's hard to to give any higher rating. Yeah, again, I think I think we have to acknowledge, as I did at the outset of the when we talked about the league campaign, that there's been way too many performances which have been so so far off what we would expect from this side. We don't ex- anticipate that Aberdeen teams will go out and win every single game. We would like to. We would love to see that, but we don't expect that. But we expect them to be able to compete. Even when they go to Parkhead and Ibrox, we expect them to be able to compete. So, you know, it's not just a case of it should be the white flag up. And, you know, we won at Ibrox, which was great. The people that were there that day won't forget that in a hurry. It was, it's a magnificent feeling to win in that ground. But the flip side of that was that the performance at Parkhead was shameful. And that's three trips to Parkhead under Barry Robson and the aggregate score is 15-0 and that's nowhere near acceptable. However, I think he does deserve a lot of credit for the for the performances and some of the results in those European group games. I think there is questions about the failure to get over the line in those games against sides who were at the similar level to us and perhaps even slightly worse than us. Hecken, Helsinki, I think both of those, and I, you know, if you look at the Helsinki game as a sort of quasi two-legged tie, I think you know both of those games were opportunity match-offs were opportunities to either qualify for the Europa League or better our points tally and potentially win another game, another couple of games, get another few bob in the bank, and help improve the club that way. And I think that was frustrating. Was at the same time overall in Europe. I think we did pretty well, certainly against the expectations that I think most of the fan base had had. And there's been, there have been some moments in the league, but there have been way too many times we've fallen so far short of what should be ex- expected by this Aberdeen team that uh, it's really beginning to worry because it's not as if they all came at the outset of the season or they all came immediately after European games. They were scattered through the season like some, like some horrible... Uh, post drinking binge shit that skits all over the toilet bowl. It's um yeah, that's an image for you, isn't it? Um, but it's it's that lack of consistency, and it's that ability to be able to grind out not always terribly exciting, but grind out wins and and have a solid looking Aberdeen team that was capable of going away to awkward venues and winning one nil was capable of showing a bit of flair and putting hearts to bed to be not but or um, scoring after 20 seconds against Kilmarnock, a game which you then knew Aberdeen were going to go on and win. It's the, build, it's the failure to be able to replicate that solidity and that 
strong backbone of a team that he was able to and again it was a testament to his abilities as a coach and a manager that he was able to get the rabble which had given us those eight days in Edinburgh and Darville last January and construct a team that was then able to put those wins on the board and put that run on the board but this year this season rather it's been it's been a different story and that said, I don't think everything's. I don't think the story of the season is quite written yet domestically in the league. And obviously, what happens in the Scottish Cup can have a big impact on that. We, you know, we might, lads, we all be here on Saturday doing an emergency podcast after he's been sacked when we when we lose to Clyde. So you know, all this could be for nothing. Heaven, heaven forbid. I, I have to say, I. There's a part of me that thinks if we did end up going out, the the fact that you know you know how this is all going to be portrayed in in the build up, the fact that uh, I don't think it went unnoticed by anyone that BBC Scotland decided at the tail end of last year to run a, a full rerun of the Darville Aberdeen game for for whatever reason that they saw fit, and there's no accident that we've been chosen as their uh, uh, live game on Friday night, is there? Their we're going to be getting the Darville footage rammed down our throat once again. Um, um, but, I mean, for, for me, it would be, I know it sounds a bit daft, but I think it'd be a worse result losing to this Clyde team than it would have been to Darville last time round. I mean, that, that, that Aberdeen team were really struggling at the, at the time, and it's obviously unacceptable to lose a game to a team so many levels below you, but... I think everybody except that particular Darville team at that team was, was a lot better than where they found themselves in 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 in, in the league and were, were at least an ascendant team this Clyde team is absolutely awful uh rooted to the bottom of the league too um and again we'll get an opportunity to play them on a premiership level pitch because they, they play out at Hamilton don't they so um uh there really ought not to be I mean there ought not to be any excuses last time when when, when we played Darwin but there really ought not to be any excuses this time around I'd, I'd see this more akin to the the Stephen Glass situation of a couple of seasons ago, this would be the equivalent of grinding out a result away from Dumbarton. Um, but we'll maybe need to wait until later on in the competition um, to, 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 to see how we actually properly fare. But but as you say, we can never we can never now rule out any possible upset ever again because once you've lost a team six level six league tiers below you then all 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 bets are off at that stage aren't they but um no i would i would i would expect us to kick on from there your ability to try and sugarcoat that darvel result is pretty remarkable martin pretty <laughs> remarkable having been there um that night last january i can i can attest that the scars will never ever really really fade um so yeah, this could end up. Be, obviously, it's going to colour. Um, it was something which cost Stephen Glass's job ultimately a, a disappointing Scottish Cup exit. It was something that should have cost Jim Goodwin his job as well, um, and obviously was a big factor in him losing that job. And um, yeah, there's uh, there was definitely the potential for things to come to a swift conclusion. Not necessarily even after this round either. Anyway, that's for Friday night. Um, on the season as a whole, that's been our take on it up to this point. Um, my thanks to Martin Ingram. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And to Martin Clunas. Thank you, Richard. Great to be back. 
One hour, 40 minutes. That's incredibly self-indulgent. But we'll leave you and we'll be back with you hopefully somewhat sooner than the gap in between the last couple of shows. Uh, Thank you for listening and come on you Reds. (laughs) 